Ephesians chapter 5, we, we appreciate Brandon went on the Appalachian missions trip. I've been on that missions trip. And let me tell you right now, it's, it's a very difficult trip because it's in a short, compacted amount of time. And uh, you're running the whole time and there's a lot of lifting and there's a lot of uh, getting things ready and preparation and God bless. When Brandon left Wednesday night, I told Debbie, I said, God bless him because they're going to have a workout on that missions trip. But uh, God did a great work there, and, and God used them in the Appalachian Mountains. It's, it's a place, if you've never been to before, uh, you, you need to go. And uh, it, it would cause us to be more thankful for what we've got. It really would. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 17, Paul wrote, he said this. He said, don't act thoughtlessly. But understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your heart. And here's what I, the verse I want to talk about today is, and give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of Jesus Christ our Lord. And give thanks to God for everything. The poet Walt, uh, Ralph Waldo Emerson posed a, a scenario and he said, if the stars should appear once in a thousand years, if the stars should appear once in a thousand years. And the summary of that poem, Emerson said that most would miss the glory of God. And I begin to think about that statement. I begin to think about that vision that Emerson had. If the stars would appear only once in a thousand years, I believe that on that glorious night that everything else would stop. That there'd be a holiday that would be declared. There would be weddings, there would be feastings. War would cease because they know that the stars were going to appear on that particular night, there's going to be celebrations. There'll be all kinds of banquets. It will be a night of peace. It would be a night of joy. It would be a night of blessing if the stars should appear once in a thousand years. But very soon, that night would end and hundreds of generations would come and go and never see the stars in their entire lifetime if the stars should appear once in a thousand years. But God has blessed us because the stars appear nearly every single night. And they're so beautiful, and yet we're not mesmerized by them. We don't look at them. We do not gaze into the heavens and think about how spectacular that they are. In fact, we take the stars for granted because they'll always be there. There'll be another night to look at the stars. There'll be another time to enjoy their beauty. But right now, we're too busy, we're too worried, we're too confused, we're too poor, we're too heartbroken, and we're just too into ourselves to even recognize and see the glory of God in the heavens above, to, to, to enjoy the artwork of the Lord that he has put out for us. What I'm trying to tell you is this, folks. We are blessed by God with so many things. Now, that was my sister's phone, okay? 
<laughs> I thought the ushers made people. No, I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. I don't know what they allowed in that church center in Tampa, but. <laughs> we're, we're so blessed by God. And yet we overlook the blessings of God because you know what? They'll always be there. In fact, the blessings turn into drug, turn into, into problems. They turn into difficulties. We, God blesses us with children. We got to change your diapers, okay? God blesses us with teenagers. They talk back to us. God blesses us with a husband and he talks back to us. Okay, he won't do anything that we tell him to do. He won't help put up the Christmas tree. But I did. But I did, okay. The blessings of God are all around about us. And so Paul wrote this. Paul said in Ephesians chapter 20, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 20, Paul said this. He said, give thanks in everything. This is God's will. That no matter where we're at right now, that we would give thanks. Now, Paul first appears in the Bible. His name's Saul. He's a Pharisee. He has a personal assignment, and it is, it is to exterminate Christians. It is to eradicate the name of Jesus from the entire world. And he was directly responsible for executing many people, including a young man by the name of Stephen. And in fact, after Saul ex had Stephen executed, fear gripped the entire Christian world. And people became so fearful that they, they stopped talking about Jesus. And a few people began to talk about the Lord, but many Christians left Israel, and they left Israel so they could preach the gospel where they were not threatened for their life. They preached the gospel where they would not be in fear, afraid of being killed. I understand persecution is not a desirable condition for one's life, but God used persecution in the book of Acts to advance his kingdom because Acts chapter 8 verse 4 says this, but the believers who were scattered preached the good news about Jesus wherever they went. You say, Pastor Bob, what are we going to do? Because it seems like the church is under attack. Listen, the church only gets stronger when it's under the attack. Christians only get stronger when they're under attack. Believers only get stronger. They start praying more. They start getting into the word more. They get rid of their petty grievances and they begin to come together and lift one another up and encourage one another. The devil is trying to stop your testimony. The devil wants to try to stop your story because your story is so powerful and he wants to keep you quiet. But if you've got God living on the inside of you, if Jesus Christ has done something, you just got to tell somebody. But the devil's made many attempts to erase the name of Jesus from the world. In the 1700s, there's a guy by the name of Voltaire. He fought against the church and Christianity. Here's what Voltaire said. He said, the Christian faith is the most ridiculous and absurd religion that has ever infected the earth. The king would do well to exterminate it from his kingdom. Voltaire said this. He said, in 100 years, 
The Bible will cease to exist and only be found in antiquity or in museums. But I've got to report this to you, that 50 years after Voltaire's death, his house was purchased by the Evangelical Society of Geneva. His house became a place to store Bibles and gospel tracts. The very printing presses that Voltaire used to print his atheistic literature was used to print Bibles. Listen, God is still on his throne. The church of Jesus Christ is going to go forward. I'm so glad that God loves the unlovable. I was an unlovable person. God loves the unlovable. God is gracious. God is merciful. We, we would write a lot of people off. There are many people that would have written Paul off or Saul. God can save the worst sinner. Here was Saul. He's on his way to Damascus to arrest and imprison Christians. And he's met by the resurrected Savior, Jesus Christ. And on that particular day, Saul became a believer. He was saved by Jesus on that day. He thanked the Lord for saving him. From that moment, his life was changed. And from that moment, he began to preach Christ and him crucified in the, as the resurrected Savior. And he started to turn the world upside down. The first point that I want to uh, convey to you this morning is this. Be thankful for the grace of God. Be thankful that he loves the unlovable. There, there's, there's some people in this room right now, and you've got this idea that somehow that God can't love you. There's someone here today, and the devil has been lying to you for many years, and he's told you, you've committed a sin you can never be forgiven of. That's a lie. That's a lie of the devil. But thank the Lord for God's grace and his mercy that he cares for us, that he loves us, that he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to eternal life through Jesus Christ. The grace of God changes everything. The grace of God changed Saul. The Jews heard that Saul had been converted. God changed his name to Paul. The, 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 the Jews heard that, that he had been converted to Christianity, and he immediately began to preach about Jesus and the Pharisees and the, the Jewish religious leaders, they made Paul public enemy number one. They tried to exterminate him. They, they wanted to kill him. They wanted to annihilate him. But he kept preaching the gospel. He kept declaring the goodness of God. No matter what we're facing in our life, I want to encourage you this morning, keep lifting up the name of Jesus. Don't be afraid to share the name of Jesus don't be afraid to glorify the name of Jesus. When you walk in a restaurant and you sit down and you order a meal, don't be afraid to bow your head and pray over that meal in that restaurant. <laughs> you know what? I've heard people say before, they say, I don't need to pray over my food in a restaurant. That's totally ridiculous. That is totally absurd. From my own personal experience, it blesses me when I see a family when I see another family bow their head and they begin to pray over their food in a restaurant, I'm, I'm a believer. I'm a pastor. I've been, I've been raised in a Christian home. It's a blessing unto me. 
It's a blessing unto me when, when I find someone that's not afraid to exalt the name of Jesus Christ. Paul was not afraid to exalt the name of Jesus Christ. It was not easy for him, but he went around sharing his faith. He was a bivocational missionary, a bivocational evangelist. The scripture says he worked as a tent maker to support his work in the ministry. But here's what happened in his ministry. Approximately one half of the New Testament docu either documents his life or was written by Paul. And the Pharisees hated Paul even more. They looked for every opportunity to kill him. But during, during his ministry, he would travel 10,000 miles from Western Asia to parts of Europe, all the way to Spain. And in spite of all the threats, he was thankful. And in spite of the obstacles, he was thankful. And in spite of the persecution, he was thankful. When he was thrown in jail, he was thankful, Ernest. When he was beaten, he was thankful. He was always thankful. So first of all, be thankful for the grace of God. And secondly, make thankfulness your lifestyle. A thankful person. A thankful person. Paul was thankful in all things. He was thankful for the people that God had put in his life. He wrote to the church at Philippi. Paul said this. He said, every time I think of you, I give thanks to God. Some call Paul the, the apostle of thanksgiving. And the reason is because there's 46 places in Scripture where Paul talked about thankfulness. In every situation, Paul was thankful. And yet he experienced so much persecution he experienced so, much, so many trials, so many dilemmas in his life, but he was thankful in everything and encouraged other people to be thankful all the time. I'm encouraging you, be thankful. You say, you don't know what's going on in my life, Pastor Bob. I say, be thankful. Pastor Bob, you don't know what hell is going on in my life right now. Be thankful. If Paul could be thankful, you and I could be thankful. Be thankful today. From the scripture, we see that Paul established four churches as I said, from Western Asia throughout Europe, in parts of Europe. And the converts of these churches heard there was a famine in Jerusalem, and they were so thankful for the people in Jerusalem because the missionaries that come from Jerusalem, here's what they did. They became so thankful, they said, we're going to take an offering to send back to Jerusalem because we're thankful for them. Be th Folks, be thankful for your mothers and fathers in the faith. Be thankful for them. Be, th be thankful for those that have gone before you. Be thankful. In my life, there's been many people that has had a tremendous impact on my life. I think about a lady, there's a couple people in this building that know her, that knew her. She's passed away. Her name was Irma Reidenauer, and she was my Sunday school teacher when I was a junior boy. And there was two of us in that class, me and my cousin. But every single week in that little class, she would teach us the Bible. Now, who in the world would waste their, their time on two little hard-headed 10-year-old boys? But Irma Reidenauer did. And she prepared and, and taught us every single week. She is one of my, my, my mothers in the faith, if you will. I think about our pastor in, in St. John's Assembly of God, Ivy Hibden. Ivy Hibden was a bivocational pastor. He worked as our pastor, and he also was a janitor. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? 
Why did he do it? Because he wanted to preach the gospel. The, the church could not support him, so he preached the gospel. He, he worked that job to preach the gospel. Be thankful for your mothers and fathers in the faith. I'm thankful for, the, for those that have helped me to grow in my walk with the Lord. The churches that Paul planted began collecting an offering to send to their brothers and sisters that are suffering in a famine in Jerusalem. And thankfulness became those converts' lifestyle. And thankfulness led to their generosity. And after the offering was collected, here's what Paul did. He set up for Jerusalem to take the offering to, believe, to the believers there, to the people that were in, desperate, in a desperate way there. Various prophets warned Paul. They said, don't go. They said, if you go, there's imprisonment. If you go, there'll be difficulty. Paul said, I don't care. I'm going to go anyway. I know, I know the assignment God has given me. I'm going to go anywhere. And so Paul went to Jerusalem. And if you know the story, if you read the book of Acts, a few days after he got there, he was there in the temple and some Jews saw him and had him arrested. They accused him of, of stirring up problems. They accused him of starting a riot. He was, he was thrown into jail. A plot was made by the Pharisees to kill him. He was moved to a jail in, in Caesarea to save his life. He spent two years in that jail in Caesarea. There was no legitimate charge against him, but I'll tell you this, Paul kept praising God. He kept thanking God. Everywhere he went, he might have been in jail, but he's preaching the gospel. He's telling, telling other people about what, what Jesus Christ meant, meant to him and what Jesus Christ had done into his, his life. Don't stop declaring the name of Jesus Christ. Don't stop being thankful. Make thankfulness your lifestyle. Paul would eventually appeal his case to Caesar, and he would be sent to Rome. And I want to talk to you about that in just a second. Last thing I want to talk to you about is this. Be thankful through the storms of life. In Acts chapter 27, we have the voyage of Paul to Rome to stand trial before Caesar. Let me read these couple verses, three verses. Acts chapter 27, verse 13. And when a light wind began blowing from the south, the sailors thought that they could make it. So they pulled up anchor and they sailed close to the shore of Crete. But when the weather changed abruptly and a wind of typhoon strength called the northeastern burst across the island and blew us out to sea, the sailors couldn't turn the ship into the wind, so they gave up and they let it run before the gale. During their voyage, they encouraged this, encouraged this great storm like in a hurricane. The ship was battered. In fact, you can read that story and the, the sailors tried to tie ropes around the hull of the ship to keep it from falling apart. The, the, the script, you, if you read that story, it says they, they, they started throwing the cargo overboard. They started throwing the gear overboard. They, they thought everything was hopeless. But Paul said this, listen folks, don't worry. He said, the Lord has appeared to me and everything's going to be all right. Okay. So this morning, if you're here and you're going through a storm, keep praising God through the storm because I'm going to tell you that everything is going to be all right. Stay faithful to God. Stay faithful to God and God will always stay faithful to you. You say, Pastor Bob, are all my problems going to be disappearing? No. I'm not saying that. 
But I'm saying the Lord will give us as your day, as, he, as the Lord spoke to the tribe of Asher, as your day, so, so shall your strength be. The Lord will help you. The Lord will sustain you. Keep praising through the storm. Finally, on the 14th night of the storm, the sailors felt they were close to the land, but the storm was still raging. They decided to abandon the ship. Here's what Paul says. Acts chapter 27, verse 33. Just as day was dawning, Paul urged everyone to eat. He said, you've been so worried that you haven't touched food for two weeks. He said, please eat something now for your own good, for not a hair of your head will perish. And here's the part I want you to look at. Then he took some bread. He gave thanks to God before them all. He broke off a piece of it and ate it. Then everyone was encouraged and began to eat. He stood and warned them. He said, listen, listen to me. He's a, he's a prisoner. But they sensed that there was something different about Paul. They sensed that Paul had been with God. The people that you work with, the people you go to school with, the people that you live next door to, they ought to see a difference in you because of Jesus. You say, well, Pastor Bob, I don't even like them. They're the most nastiest people you ever met before. They're always griping at me. They're always carrying on. They're always starting arguments. You represent Jesus Christ. So we need to be careful how we live. We need to be careful of the things that we say. We need to be careful of our attitudes because people are watching you. And Paul, he took that bread in the middle of the storm. He took the bread in the middle of a storm, the ship's rocking back and forth. The bread's getting wet. He prays over it. He blesses it, and then he takes it, eats it. The Bible says everyone was encouraged, and they began to eat too. This morning, life is full of storms. Life is full of storms. We don't want to talk about storms. There's some of you that's facing a storm right now. Thanksgiving just ended. Your loved ones passed away. That was your first Thanksgiving without them. Christmas is coming. This will be your first Christmas without them. That's a storm. There's some of you that's going through a storm in your health. The diagnosis isn't good. You've been dealing with it. You've been facing it for a long time. You say, what in the world am I going to do? I'm going through a storm. God, are you there? I've prayed. God, I've talked to you. Are you there? There's some of you facing a storm of finances. And the storm has raged so long we've lost all hope. But no storm is greater than the peace and comfort of the Lord. No, no storm is greater than the power of God. No storm is greater than the presence of the Lord. The Lord promised to never leave us or forsake us. The Lord is there in the midst of your storm. Keep praising. Keep thanking in the middle of your storm. This isn't the time to stop praising. Keep giving thanks. Paul said this, in everything, give thanks. In everything, in everything. Paul experienced so many storms.
yet he continued to give thanks. I know we don't like to talk about storms. I heard of a pastor who wouldn't visit people in the hospital because he didn't believe in sickness. That's totally absurd. That's ridiculous. You say, well, but Pastor Bob, if they had faith. These old bodies are weak and frail, okay? My father worked as a missionary the last 20 years of his life and went, started many churches on foreign land. And he was diagnosed with brain cancer. And man, we prayed for God to heal him. And we just really felt like we got a breakthrough in his healing. I mean, we'd open up the scripture. We'd take the Bible. You ever open up the Bible and say, God, I just need something? You know? And we'd open up the word of God. And you know where he'd fall? Hezekiah. Wow. This is a sign from God. God's going to give him 15 more years. It's a sign from God. You know? My sister called me on the phone. She said, Bobby, she said, I was talking, I was talking to God about, uh, talking to the Lord about dad today, and I opened my Bible up, and God just put me right on a verse that God was going to heal him. We prayed, man, we believed God that he was going to touch him and heal him. We prayed for his healing so much, it made, made my stepmother mad. She said, why do you just, we just tell him goodbye and just wait for him to die? I said, that's not the, listen, we're spirit-filled people. That's not how we operate, okay? We believe in the miracle-working power of God. You say, what happened, Pastor Bob? Tell us what happened. He died four months later. He died four months later. You say, Pastor Bob, are you mad? Weren't you disappointed? I said, thank, thank you, Lord, for the time that you gave me with him. Thank you, God. He has gone to his reward. I wouldn't want to bring him back for anything. My father-in-law was diagnosed with a brain aneurysm, a brain tumor on top of a brain aneurysm. At the same time, he'd already had cancer. Worse and getting worse. Monday he'll be gone. You say, what'd you do? We prayed for his healing. We went there and laid hands on him. <laughs> Said, Lord, in the name of Jesus, we just, we just declare healing. In three days, he was getting better. In 30 days, he walked out of that facility. He lived eight more years. Wow. You say, what did you do? We said, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You're in charge of everything. What about your own father? That's why God had another plan for him. He went to be with Jesus immediately. God gave us eight more years. Debbie, God gave us eight more Father's Days. He gave us eight more birthdays. He gave us eight more Christmases with your father. He was so merciful. My cousin, God, it's the closest thing to, to a brother in the world to me, was diagnosed with colon cancer. And they told him, they said, uh, you won't live to see your next birthday. You got six months to live. What'd you do? We prayed for him. We said, God, 
our lives, our times, our seasons in your hands. And you know, God said six months isn't enough. That was 32 years ago. He's still a pastor in St. Louis, Missouri. Listen, God is God. He's on his throne. God is the God of the mountaintop. He's the God of the storm. He's the God of the, of the most brilliant daylight. He's the, he's the God of the starry night. He's, he's on his throne. He is God. He is all-powerful. Our lives, our times, our seasons are in God's hands. I'm trusting in God. My times and seasons are not my own. My times and seasons are in God's hands. I'm going to learn to be thankful in the storm. Paul still was still giving thanks after 14 days of a raging storm. He was still giving thanks for the simplest of things, his bread. Because he knew this, God was his provider and God was his protector. I don't know what you're going through right now. I don't know what's happening in your life. Maybe you're going through that storm. Look to the Lord for strength. Look to the Lord for help today. The Lord is with you. The Lord cares for you. The Lord loves you. God wants to do a great work in your life. Paul's life was built on thankfulness. His life was built on thankfulness. When Jesus saved him and changed his life, he was thankful. When God was pouring his life into Paul, he was thankful. His his life became a lifestyle of thankfulness. He was thankful. It, It became his character. He was thankful when he was leading the lost to Christ. He was thankful when he was leading great revival crusades. He was thankful in everything. He was thankful when he was planting churches. He was thankful whenever he was mentoring young ministers like Timothy. He was thankful when he was preaching. He was thankful when miracles were done. He was thankful when healings occurred. He was thankful when he was thrown in jail. He was thankful when he was beaten. He was thankful when he was snake bit. He was thankful in all things. And so this morning, I want to encourage you, first of all, be thankful for the grace of God. Be thankful that the Lord has saved you. You Say, Pastor Bob, I've still got a lot of problems. So do I. God has still got a lot of work to do on me. Just ask my wife, okay? He's He's still got a lot of work to do on me. Be thankful for the grace of God. Maybe you're not where you want to be, but praise God, thank God you're not where you used to be, okay? He saved you. Got a brand new life. Make thankfulness your lifestyle, and then give thankfulness. Even give thanks. Let's stand this morning and close with prayer. We're going we're gonna to spend some time in prayer this morning. If you need prayer, we would love to pray with you. If you do not know Christ your Savior, I would challenge you to come and we will pray with you to find Christ your Savior. We're saved by grace. The gift of God, we're not saved by works. We're not saved because we joined the church. We're not saved because we paid some sum of money. We're saved by grace. You say, Pastor Bob, I don't know if I've ever done that before. We'll come this morning and we'd love to pray with you. All right? It's vital. It's vital. And in fact, I want everyone here to learn how to lead other people to the Lord. Because there's people you meet, come into contact with that I'll never know, okay, and I'll never meet. 
But let's close this message with this prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for your goodness. You are strength. You are a source. God, you are always with us. Your presence is always there. You said you'd never leave us or forsake us. And Lord, no matter where we're at right now in our life, help us. Give us the strength that we need. Give us the power we need. Give us the wisdom that we need. Give us the understanding that we need. Because this storm that we're going through, we're, we're going to, I don't know if we'll ever fully recover, especially in the case of our lost loved ones, because our heart will seem to always be with them, even though they've gone to be with the Lord. I just pray, dear God, that you will use that experience. You'll use the storms that we've gone through that we can encourage someone else, that we can show someone else that in spite of the storm that we went through, there's hope and that you're there and that you're our strength and you're our source and you're our provider and you're our protector. Help us, I pray. Help those that need a financial miracle in this place. Help those that need, touch those that need a healing. Touch those that are going through a time of loss and a time of sorrow. I pray, Holy Spirit, give them comfort, give them the peace that they need that passes all understanding. Help us, I pray, in these things to be thankful for your grace, I pray, to be thankful for your goodness, to be thankful in all things. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you this morning. If you need prayer, please come.